This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Dr. Dawn on Careers. Welcome to Dr. Dawn on Careers on Sirius XM 132. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Graham, and by day, I lead career coaching for the executive MBAs at the Wharton School. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the book, Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success. We're excited to be bringing you lots of new content this month on Dr. Dawn on Careers, so mark your calendars for noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, every Thursday and tune into channel 132 for the latest career tips, job search advice, and market updates. And of course, a big shout out to Dion Simpkins, our engineer, and Dana Cash, our producer, for making this show sound so fabulous each week. So it's been a tough 2020 and many are excited to be counting the days until the new year. I know I am. While we know it won't be like flipping a switch, there's much to be hopeful about regarding careers and the job search in 2021. So that's what I want to focus on today is what you can look forward to and more importantly, how you can get yourself set up to be successful in your career in 2021. So today we kick off with Marty Constant, international speaker, workplace futurist, and best-selling author of Activate Your Agile Career, How Responding to Change Will Inspire Your Life's Work. With an MBA from the University of Chicago Booth School of Business, Marty is a former technology executive from Silicon Valley who has been featured in many, many media outlets, including NBC Chicago, The Muse, Forbes, and many others. Welcome to the show, Marty. So happy to be here, Dawn. I have been crushing on your work for a few years now, especially with respect to career switchers. Well, likewise, I'm also a fangirl of yours. And one of the things that has attracted me to your work is is a word that you use in the title of your book, which is agile. And I know that 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 pandemic was was chosen as the word of the year in one of the dictionaries. But if if, if we had to talk about 2020, I would have picked agile because I think we've all been forced to flex our agility skills this year. So, so Marty, your book came out way before the, the pandemic came out in 2018. And I think it was prophetic in this way because agility is so critical for our careers. Can you share with the audience why this is? Well, career agility is talking about your ability to respond to change in a way that preserves or future-proofs your career. And I became keenly interested in the topic of agility about eight years ago when I noticed that agile software development professionals were doing so well with their collaboration techniques and bringing new ideas to the surface. I asked the question, why can't we apply this to the management of one's own career so that we too could respond to change, we could A-B test our career, we could collaborate and get feedback from a network of people to help us be more responsive to what is happening in the market. And there is so much happening in the market. And I think for those people who didn't define themselves as agile before, they've probably gained a lot of skills this year. And I, I want to reflect on that, Marty, because I think a lot of people have have felt over the course of the year, and I know the, the pandemic has impacted everybody and in different ways, certainly. But, but I think we've all gained a lot of skills in this area over the past year. So what, what would, do you see with some of your clients and some of the organizations you work with? What are some skills, uh, soft skills that people have learned that will help them in 2021 with their career success? You know, I did a study about a month ago. Uh, I uh, pulled the market of all existing studies on what were the top soft skills or power skills in the market. And last year, LinkedIn had um, adaptability, uh, emotional intelligence, things like that. 
But what happened in my poll in, in the end of this year is that emotional intelligence and adaptability moved up to number one and number two. We always talk about how important leadership is, but the other thing that also popped into the top five was adapting to time management. This became a big thing when you think of how we had to adapt to the Zoom meetings and the video conferences that we had to do just to do our work. I think we all feel, Marty, that we, we, we're like, oh, we're hanging on by a thread. But I really want to tap into what you just said, because I think we all need to congratulate ourselves a little bit for getting through 2020 and for engaging these skills in a way that we probably didn't even believe we had the strength to do. And I, I encourage you to applaud yourself if you're listening, because you have in the last year gained so many skills that are going to be core to the marketplace. So don't forget to think about how that's going to impact your career success in 2021, because my sense is, is that we are all a lot more resilient. We're all a lot more agile, as you mentioned, Marty, at better time management. And these skills are so important in the marketplace that we need to make sure we're flaunting those. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers on Sirius XM channel 132. And hey, according to a recent Flex job survey, 40% of working parents have had to change their employment situation by either voluntarily reducing their hours or quitting entirely. So Flex Jobs has identified 10 companies who are helping with childcare. So if you're interested, some of these companies include Accenture, Salesforce, Bank of America, Dell, Intel, KPMG, and more. You can see more in Flex Jobs, but if this has impacted you, this might be of interest. And we're so excited today on 132 to be speaking with Marty Constant as our expert guest. Marty is a workplace futurist and author of Activate Your Agile Career, How Responding to Change Will Inspire Your Life's Work. And you definitely want to stick around because after the break, we have a fun holiday treat that you won't want to miss. So Marty, um, you know, thinking about this, this flex job survey, uh, with so many parents having to change their employment situation and, and some companies recognizing this and coming out with childcare, what, what do the, the working parents have to look forward to in 2021? I would say the operative word is hybrid. I think you mentioned that the pandemic was the number one word, but I would say a close word would be hybrid. We're talking about hybrid workplaces where Part of the work is done at home, the office, co-working spaces, wherever it's necessary to do it. And the other part might be done on location. So these kinds of things, it used to be uh, something that was special that was given to employees, the permission to work from home. Now it was a mandate and now we're starting to flex a little bit to figure out how are we gonna integrate back into a regular office. Nicholas Bloom, a professor at Stanford, says that we're probably going to normalize at around two days a week that we're going to be working from home for our quiet work, ultimately, with or without a pandemic, and uh, the rest of the other three days at a location. That sounds great to me. I actually like that. And I'm curious, you know, as, uh, in your work as a futurist, um, how you see this impacting some of those companies that have had these very strong cultures around essentially building, um, you know, a, a, a life around the office with dry cleaning and, and ping pong tables and restaurants and all of this stuff. How, how is that going to change? And if that was a perk for, for employees, how is that going to be replaced? I think with the, those places are going to have less square footage in, in future years. Their leases will be smaller. Their places will continue to evolve and become more like hotel lobbies and places where you can collaborate as well as have quiet space. So it's gonna be similar and they're gonna continue to evolve into new concepts of workspace, but there's going to be this abundance of opportunities to work where you need. If you think about corporations expecting all of these parents to work from home and train their kids and take care of their education and be accessible for work, that was a big 
ask. So, so there's going to be a flexibility or an accommodation on both sides of the equation to work this out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think we're going to see a lot of new things coming. I definitely want to, want to talk a little bit about that, but as we keep kind of migrating back to the word of the year. And hey, by the way, since we're not doing the pre-break quiz, Pantone's colors of 2020, illuminating a vibrant pale yellow and ultimate gray, the first neutral shade ever to be selected. That was going to be my pre-break quiz, but I start with the answer. But speaking of word of the year, I think upskill, Marty, is going to be the word of the year for 2021. Now, of course, that's that's in my realm of career, but I think you're right. I think what we're seeing is that that people need to continually learn new skills, the job, the job market shifting and what it's looking for. So um, what what types of things do you see companies doing and what can ex- employees expect? And if your company's not doing these things, what should you be thinking about for 2021 in terms of upskilling? Well, I think to really talk about the difference between upskilling and reskilling. Upskilling would be like if I'm in marketing and I want to add the word marketing technologist to the back of my title, that means that I can complement my strategic marketing skills with technical competencies. Reskilling would be like, we're going to replace what it is that you do. It's no longer ever going to exist. Some corporations are actually bearing the burden and the responsibility of retraining people to do other things. I think that this is a noble effort, but also a necessary effort because the World Economic Forum says that by the year 2025, 85 million jobs will be lost and 97 million jobs will be new. So those are going to all be new titles and new jobs. So that's both exciting and terrifying at the same time, Marty, because I think this is, I think all of this change was happening before the pandemic, but I also think everything's been accelerated in 2020. And so there's been a lot of people who are thinking I can kind of just ride the wave through my career. But what what we're hearing is that's not going to be the case. We are going to have to be proactive and in thinking that our job is likely going to be one that is, is going to either change significantly or be gone altogether in a few years, um, how do people even know what to, what to upskill or reskill on, Marty? Well, there's lots of trends. And I would say, even if you weren't following all of the trends, I would look at two. I would look at AI and I would look at machine learning very similar to what happened in the early 2000s when we could add technology to the back of our title, medical technology, marketing technology, HR technology, anything that was automated. Now it's adding AI to that. We've got the robotics movement that's moving in as well in the medical field. These conditions are going to exist. So we're going to be partnering with the technology. We're going to be more like cobots, not robots, but we're going to collaborate with these robots to do our work. Wow. I've not heard that term cobots. I have heard that that at some point, 90% of our colleagues will be, be some kind of machine or robots, but I, I love that term cobots. We are <laughs> cobots. Hey, you're just tuning in. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Career Series XM at channel 132. We're here with Marty Constant, workplace futurist and author of Activate Your Agile Career, How Responding to Change Will Inspire Your Life's Work, which we're talking about what you can expect in your organization or in your career or in the job market in 2021. And we're hopeful there's lots of things to look forward to. So we're so excited that you're catching the show. And if you'd like to catch episodes you missed, you can find them all on iTunes under Dr. Dawn on Careers. Subscribe today and you don't have to miss another episode. So Marty, I'm, I'm kind of curious because we're seeing uh, we've had on the show uh, executives from from Amazon and IBM and Google who've been talking about all of these reskilling, upskilling programs, not just for their own employees, but for the general public to teach them these types of skills, whether it's it's around software or, or you know user design or things like that. But what what about the people who really either just 
don't want to learn tech. It's not their passion or it's just, you know, it's just not something that that falls into a career that, um, you know, they would anticipate for themselves. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of things, even the area of robots, there's an emotional and soft skill or I call them power skill approach that has to be managed. The human component of all of these items cannot vanish. We're always gonna have some aspect of customer service. We're always gonna have some aspect of sales and handling people's needs. We're always gonna have the user experience that has to be analyzed. These are things that have to be done by people in our current age job descriptions. So I feel like, I mean, this, I don't know if you've noticed this with, with your clients or um, the groups that you work with, but I feel like I hear the exact same thing that you're hearing that soft skills are, you know, the new hard skills, emotional intelligence, and to be, be able to collaborate and um, all of these other very, very important skills around agility and resilience. But what I find is that companies are not hiring for them. They're, they're saying they are, but when you, you look at a job rack or they're programming the applicant tracking systems, they're, they're kind of weeding you out if you don't have the tech skills. And then once you get to the end, they want you to have these soft skills too, but it doesn't seem to be the other way around. So how can people who bring a lot of value to the workplace regarding these soft skills, but maybe need to brush up on their tech skills, even get a chance to plead their case with the the hiring manager? I do think that the reality is, it is a combination of both types of skills. Every profession has an aspect that could be called technical, whether it be an x-ray technician, there's always a technical component of any type of skill. And, And to that comment, I would say, it's adapting to what, how the world is evolving. It's unlikely that there are going to be pure skills like this. I will say that there's a lot of room for coaches. There is a lot of room for therapists and psychologists, and these are all pure soft skills. So that's an evergreen type of profession. So you may be a type of person that may wanna take every skill that you've had in your profession and apply it to training others how to do it. Train the trainer or just train the people who want to do what you know. So, so essentially what, and I, I agree with you, what we're saying here is that there's, there's going to be, it doesn't really actually matter what your job is, there's going to be some tech aspect to it. So we all need to at least feel comfortable. We don't have to go out and all be programmers, but we do have to have a level of comfort with it. And I think we're seeing this now, Marty, with, you know, this this year is the perfect example, whereas we see a lot of families using Zoom to get together because of quarantine. And, you know, probably a lot of people who are on Zoom this year have never thought of themselves as people who are going to use this type of platform. Uh, We're seeing contactless payment, again, as a result of, of this pandemic. So you have to learn how to use these different payment methods that might not be something you've used before. So I I think you're right. It's not just work, but it's life now where you're going to need to be tech savvy, right? That's absolutely true. I don't think we can avoid it. And I think if, if you really think about it, adapting to these new ways of technology is making our life better. I went to the doctor's office a couple times during the pandemic, but I didn't go in person. I did a remote experience. I talked to, I actually, I observed that Sutter Health in California went from having 20 video calls a day to 7,000 in less than four weeks when the pandemic first hit. And you know what they did during those meetings? They started diagnosing the types of things that would have taken an in-person meeting. The rollout of what they were going to do over a period of five years, they did in less than four weeks. 
Wow. So, I mean, and the case is there. It's it's more efficient. It's less expensive. There's, you know, perhaps less environmental damage because you're not traveling. And and so there, there's definitely a case for it. So I think, I think the point we're making here is it's not going away. Hey, you're just tuning in, Dr. Don on Careers, Sirius XM 132. And you definitely want to stay tuned because after the break, we have a fun holiday treat for you. But right now we're speaking with Marty Constant, Workplace Futurist author of Activate Your Agile Career, How Responding to Change Will Inspire Your Life's Work. And here's a fun fact. We've been talking about what the future of, of the workplace will look like, and that most likely there'll be some kind of hybrid with remote. Well, of course, Japan has a fun thing going on. They offer a workation package that allows people to work remotely from its Ferris wheel in one of their theme parks. So for about $18 U.S., you can get access to outlets, Wi-Fi, and a poolside view on this Ferris wheel. But sadly, right now, it's only available to Japanese restaurants. But hey, you know, the future is about creativity and innovation. So maybe we'll see fun things like that here as we move back into different types of office spaces. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to SiriusXM 132. And Marty, I want to talk about something that that is, you've written a lot of articles and I encourage people, if you're listening, to follow Marty's articles because they're they're very insightful. Um, And, you know, one that you talked about that relates to to some of the things that we've been speaking about is, is that you have to view your career almost as a series of projects. What do you mean by that? And how can somebody who maybe isn't used to thinking that way shift? Well, the uh, series of projects really was inspired by project management. When you start a project, you're so excited and your boss just loves you because you're just delivering and you're highly engaged. At some point, the curve starts to go down because you've mastered it. You might experience some boredom and you don't want to do the same thing repetitiously over and over again. Wouldn't it be great to get on to the next project in your current role or your workplace? You could do it in the workplace, or if you really have exhausted all possibilities within the organization, move to another role outside that organization so that you can be highly engaged. Our engagement stats are just abysmal across the world. And it's been shown that people that are working on things like creativity, growth, and happiness, in pursuit of their career are happier and more engaged. So it's viewing your career as a series of projects, whether it's in the same role or in different roles within different organizations makes for a more productive and engaged employee. Yeah, and I think companies are definitely going to need to come up with new ways of of thinking about building cultures, engaging employees, staying on top of of skill sets. And I think there's a lot of programs that are coming out. I think one of the areas where we've seen a lot of growth this year, Marty, has been in DEI um, type programs to really promote diversity inclusion. We've seen a lot of hiring going around um, bringing in people to to manage us, which I think is phenomenal. Uh, when we, a little bit later, we're going to have a company talk about that here on the show, but, but I think these are some great things. And I, I, how, what can people expect around that and how can they get involved? Because I think a lot of people are feeling a little bit maybe disconnected, not having that hallway conversation or availability to just kind of ask these, these questions and bring these topics up and and talk about how can I be more engaged in what's happening in the office? Yeah. So the uh, DEI is a great example. You were asking earlier about the soft skills that can be used. That's a great example of someone building a competency in that and a sensitivity that and teaching others how to better embrace that. And I would say start small, start with one aspect of DEI that is germane to what you care about. I care about the element of ageism, whether it's on the younger side or the older side. That's a type of inclusion that's necessary. It's been shown that teams that are more diverse, all kinds of diversity, especially age, produce better results and better solutions than homogenous teams. And I think we're seeing that people are going to be working longer 
for a variety of reasons, whether it's financial or whether it's, you know, changes in policy or just, you know, interest. And I do think, I know you wrote an article on this, Five Ways to Outsmart Ageism. And I'm curious if you can share what some of your thoughts are on that, because I I do get a lot of questions on this. And I think it's a real, um, it's it's a very real situation that if we're all going to be working longer, companies need to be addressing. Right. So one way of how to outsmart this or combat it is to think about your own vocabulary. I promote the idea of ageless vocabulary. Again, this could work for older or younger. Don't start a conversation or a PowerPoint presentation by saying, gee, I'm showing my age here. Just get right to the point. It's not really relevant to your conversation. And you don't have to point out what you don't know. You just offer what you do know in the conversation. That would be an example. And there's there's lots of other examples. There's packaging your experience, editing your experience. If you're in the job market right now and you have 25 years experience, the people that interview you don't want to hear your long story of everything that you've done. Pay attention to what they need you for talk to those things. Your experience is shorter and more compact and they will remember you. Yeah, I think I think that's very wise advice. Let's not shoot ourselves in the foot because we, you know, making a joke of it um, actually just perpetuates the image. So I think I think that's that's a great tip. And we have come to the end of this segment, Marty, but I'm, I'm so excited we had an opportunity to speak. I know you offer so much information online. Of course, your book, Activate Your Agile Career, is something I recommend highly. And where can people learn more about you, Marty, your work, your book, and um, how can they follow you? Everything can be accessed through martyconstant.com. I will spell that M-A-R-T-I-K-O-N-S-T-A-N-T. And you can get access to the resources page, free bonus resources, career agility guide, and a tool also for organizations to help them cultivate career agility. And lastly, as you mentioned, the articles, all of my articles are resident on LinkedIn newsletter series, Agility Think Newsletter. Just hit 22,000 subscribers last week. Wow. Congratulations. That's awesome, Marty. And I hope you get a lot more from this show because your work is definitely worth following. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We really appreciate it. And for those of you just tuning in, we have to go to a quick break, but we want you to stay tuned because we have more Dr. Donna on careers when we come back, plus a very fun holiday treat. If you want to stay up to date with what's going on, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. You're listening to SiriusXM channel 132. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on careers on business radio. Welcome back to Dr. Dawn on Careers, Sirius XM 132. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Graham. And to stay current, you can follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. And be sure to subscribe to Dr. Dawn on Careers on iTunes or Acast to catch up on any episodes you've missed. And if you're just tuning in, what you just missed was us talking with Marty Constant, workplace futurist and best-selling author of Activate Your Agile Career, How Responding to Change Will Inspire Your Life's Work. And Marty was sharing some tips and what to expect in 2021 for your career. So you'll definitely want to go back and check that out. And in just a few minutes, we'll be welcoming Gina Smith, SVP of Human Resources and Head of Global Recruitment for LVMH to share what to expect in the retail industry in 2021. But before that, as a special holiday treat, we couldn't let a show in December pass by without playing our 
not even a one-hit wonder, holiday career song produced by Dion, written by me and with Michelle Stucker, our former producer, on lead vocals. Hold the phones and listen to the 12 Steps of Job Search, a song destined to be a cult classic or at least to help you with your next job search here on Dr. Don on Careers on Sirius XM 132. The first step of job search that earned success for me was learning that plan A is key. The second step of job search that earned success for me Buying the book switchers and learning that plan A is key. The third step of job search that earned success for me. Doing market research, reading the book switchers and learning that plan A is key. The fourth step of job search that earned success for me. Deep self-reflection, doing market research, switchers on Kindle and learning that plan A is key. The fifth step of job search that earned success for me. Daily networking. Taking some assessments, building strategies, serious XM, and career talk is always PG. Thirteen. The sixth step of job search that earned success for me. A focused resume. Daily networking. But I hate small talk. It's just making friends. Chapter eight. And remembering that plan A is key. The seventh step of job search that earned success for me. Revamping my LinkedIn achievement-based resume. Daily networking. Great ambassadors. But I have no time. Schedule it each day. And just flat out ignoring plan B. The eighth step of job search that earned success for me. Practice interviewing, 500 LinkedIn contacts, oh, strong no. profile statement, daily networking. I'm an introvert. Just be curious. And read the book Switchers. And just get rid of your plan B. The ninth step of job search that earned success for me. Conscientious branding. You should probably do more practice interviews. Clean up social media, tailor cover letter, daily The 10th step of job search that earned success for me. Negotiate the offer, value proposition, plan to get there early, nail the LinkedIn headline, new filler phrases, daily network. Why do you hate it? Do the market research. Easy to have, hire a coach. And recalling that planning is key. The 11th step of job search that earned success for me. Before signing unique selling points, inside referrals, second level contacts, using action verbs, daily network. Just do it! I don't like big crowds. Even phone chats work. Tune in to Career Talk. Oh, yeah, yeah. The plan A is key. <laughs> the 12th step of job search that earned success for me. Paying it forward, sending thank you notes, negotiating perks. Gotta do that branding. Smart questions, tailored LinkedIn invites, stellar references, daily networking. Clarity through action, invest in them first. Just read the book switchers. And be confident in all you can be. Happy holidays from the dream team. Okay, what does everybody think about singing through it one more time? No. Okay. <laughs> Today, we are speaking about an industry that has been pummeled by the 2020 pandemic, and it's difficult to overstate the effect that COVID-19 has had on the retail industry. From mass closures, wary consumers, stay-at-home orders, social distancing, all of these things have really been, and many workers have been displaced. So what's on the horizon for 2021 in retail? What are your options if you're looking to make a career change engaging your retail industry skills? Well, our next guest has the answers, and we're thrilled to have Gina Smith, who is the Senior Vice President of Human Resources 
and Head of Global Executive and Creative Recruitment for LVMH, a luxury retail conglomerate formed from the 1987 merger of the fashion house Louis Vuitton and wines and spirit company Moe Hennessy. Gina's expertise includes human resources, selecting, developing, and retaining senior executives, and developing talent at all levels of the organization. Gina has also launched a variety of global initiatives at LVMH, including the first diversity and inclusion program, plus diversity in gender and women's empowerment initiatives. So a very, very, very busy woman, and we're so excited to get her time today. Welcome to the show, Gina. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You certainly are busy. It's, that's very clear. With You've got a huge job. You're in retail, and we appreciate you taking this time. And as 2020 is coming to a close, and I think this is much to everyone's relief, Gina. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 2021. What can we expect to see for workers in the retail industry? I think a lot of people are wondering. Well, first of all, I would say yes. I mean, I think this has been a year like, you know, no other, certainly in, in my lifetime. I mean, never experienced anything like this. Um, we have been, like everyone, faced with, you know, really important challenges when you have your business completely sort of overnight shutting down. That's, you know, a very traumatic experience. And I think that what has been great about the experience, and you always have to find silver linings, right, is that there's actually been a tremendous amount of innovation that's come through this period. Because we had, enough, you know, we have thousands of employees, just if I take North America alone, we have about 33,000 employees across the US, across all of our businesses, and approximately 70% of those work in a retail environment. So for sure, many of these employees were impacted uh, and touched by, by this, by this experience of not being able to go to work, right? But they have been incredible in terms of being able to quickly pivot, think about new ways of clienteling, which was also not easy in the beginning because in the beginning of the pandemic, when everybody was really you know, nervous, exceptionally nervous and afraid, you, you didn't want to seem like you were you know, reaching out to everybody to you know, sell new handbags, right? I mean, that was also a very important time to have a sensitivity. You didn't know who you might be contacting, what that person was, was, was going through. So, you know, our brands, I think, did a really good job of trying to be sensitive to how the employees were feeling, therefore how the customers were feeling. But again, to really come up with some very innovative ways to drive new clientele and, and digital capabilities in order to continue to build relationships with our clients. And so I think what you're gonna see going into 2021 is a continuation of that and really an acceleration of that. Because if there's one thing that we've learned, we really live in a hybrid sort of world. The physical is absolutely essential. And I think probably that's also been validated through this period. Of course, digital is very efficient and it's very easy, but it can't really take the place of that person to person human contact. So there will always be a role for that, but absolutely the, the role of digital is essential, is super important, both in terms of driving sales and also connecting with people. So I think we're gonna see more of that hybrid model and you know, we've talked for years about this idea of omni-channel. I think now we start to understand very concretely what that means and how that's manifested in the business environment. So let's talk about that, that you know, kind of digital aspect because online shopping had been increasing even before the pandemic. And of course now with sheltering in place, it's the primary source for a lot of people uh, who, are, who are needing to get goods. This trend will likely remain even when stores reopen. Yes, I think in, that we're, we're all going to rush out just to go out when <laughs> we're able to do that. But how is this changing jobs in the retail industry? And, and what are the emerging skill sets that, that people who are either in the retail industry or who are thinking of going into the retail industry will need to have to be successful? Well, it's interesting because I think one of the characteristics that has always been essential for a career in retail is this ability to connect with people, right? And to build relationships. And I would argue that in a digital world, frankly, it's a little bit harder to do because if you don't have that 
person right in front of you, right? So it can become very transactional, in fact, very quickly, if you're not able to master and, and figure out how do you build a relationship. So I actually think the relationship piece is becoming more and more critical. What's changing, of course, is how do you build a relationship with someone in a digital environment, because certainly it's different than when you're when you're interacting with that person uh, on a face-to-face -face basis. And and so I think we need we need people that have that agility, and we also need to help them develop skills around. Okay, how is it that you're going to connect with someone uh, in a very different your different sort of environment. And some of those customers, maybe you, you're, de you're, you're developing a relationship with them for the very first time. So I think the human piece, the people piece is actually more, more critical than ever. And so we really need people that have a passion for that, that have an interest, have a genuine curiosity about people. Um, I, I think people want to feel heard. I mean, and we see this all the time and we hear this from our employees and our customers. They want to feel heard. They want to feel validated. They want to feel recognized. They want to feel important. Nothing has really changed. And, and maybe even there's more of a desire for that during this period where a lot of people feel very lonely, in fact. But so I think that dimension continues to, to grow in importance. And for us, you know, it's certainly that's a key element in terms of the personal characteristics that we look at. But, but also, of course, just this agility of being able to flex and adapt and be, be open. And I think even for our industry, you know, that's, that's been a change for us because we do have very precise ways that we want to engage with the customer, that we want to, we have selling ceremonies, how we want to present the product, how we want to convey the brand story and history. It's very important to us that customers understand those elements. Okay, but we need to begin to learn how to do that in new and innovative ways. And probably I would say the last thing is a change for us also and our employees is a lot of times the employees are the ones that are having the answers more and more than we are because they're really the ones on the front line. They're hearing directly from the customers. So we, we need employees that also have that ability to come with creative ideas and creative solutions and help us think about what is the next iteration. I mean, it's, it's not a, it can't be sort of a top down approach at all. We've, we've got to do this collectively as a group with employees at all levels, managers, leaders, really solving these problems together for the future. Yes. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to SiriusXM channel 132. This is Dr. Dawn on Careers. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Graham. And we have Gina Smith with us today, who is the Senior Vice President of Human Resources and Head of Global Executive and Creative Recruitment for LVMH. So if you are in the retail industry and you are wondering what's on tap for 2021, you are in the right place. And we're talking all about what those new skill sets will be and what you need to think about as the future of work crashes in on us. So, so Gina, I, I, um, although Merriam-Webster chose pandemic as the word for of the year for 2020, I I'm predicting that that next year's will be reskilling or upskilling or something like that because we know that the skill sets of and needs of the marketplace are changing. So I'm wondering what is um, what is your company doing to reskill its current workforce? And are there programs like apprenticeships or others for those looking to maybe enter the retail field? Well, just one interesting anecdote. I was on a call yesterday with. Um, a woman who runs sort of a wellness organization focused on mental health. And she was providing a seminar for all of our HR leaders. And we were talking about, you know, what is 2021 gonna to bring to us and what are some of the things that we have to focus on? And it was interesting what the medical professionals are saying is that you pretty much have to assume that everybody coming out of this is going to have post-traumatic stress disorder. And they said after the, the, the recession in 2008, one out of three people had PSTD. And they, again, anticipate that basically everyone will because every person essentially has been impacted in one way or the other from this period. And so one of the most important elements for the next couple of years is going to be teaching people about empathy and care. And again, that goes back to me, for me, to really this human dynamic and the attention on people. 
And this idea that people want to feel um, important and cared for and that they're treated well. So I would say that's one of the big things that we're really working on with all of our employees and leaders is this idea. And that's a, that's a big change because I don't think most companies were putting this idea of care and empathy at the center of how you drive your business and how you drive your teams. But I do believe that that is going to be essential and at least for the foreseeable future. Some of these trends were already happening with the millennials and we began to see that, but this has of course been a big tipping point. So I think we're, we're actually through our, you know, we have our learning and development center. We have sort of the headquarters of that is the LVMH house based in London. We have an LVMH house in, in New York, in North America. We have one in Asia supporting the Asian region. And we have a number of programs that have been ongoing for years, very focused around leadership development. But this year, certainly we have added a number of new programs, again, around things like upgrade, up, enhancing your skills, um, um, reskilling, um, I would say focus on empathy, uh, how to lead in this, in this, this sort of environment. Um, the focus and importance of cultivating diversity, equity, and inclusion within your teams, and the topic of mental, mental health and putting this on the table. So we're probably more focused, I would say, on the people, on the personal side, the personal characteristics and the dimension. On a business side, for us, the big change is integrating more and more technology in the way that we work and putting that in the hands of our retail employees again, in a way that was not really the case before because we were so much about the human to human dynamic. And I think that's so important, Gina, because I know obviously I'm a licensed psychologist, so mental health is something that is always, um, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm considering when I approach any challenge, but I think a lot of organizations are starting to realize that that mental health is not a, a, a bad word or a dirty word or anything like that. And they're, they're starting to be more open, which I think is going to be a great thing because you bring your whole self to work. And if people truly are the core of what makes your business work, then you have to address the whole person, not just the, the parts of, uh, you know, the, the skills that they bring to the table. So I think that's great. You're listening to Dr. Don on Careers on Sirius XM channel 132. And we are on every Thursday noon Eastern for you with your career advice and job search tips. So if you've missed any of the shows, you can catch them on iTunes for free. Just subscribe to Dr. Don on Careers and you will get access to over 200 shows that we have done. So if you're just tuning in, Gina Smith, Senior Vice President of Human Resources and Head of Global Executive and Creative Recruitment for LVMH is joining us, sharing what the retail industry can expect for 2021 and some of the changes that are being made at LVMH on a global basis to be more employee friendly, to be more diverse and inclusive and to embrace the changes that are coming with the future of work. So I'm curious, Gina, for those who maybe have taken a hit this year in retail and are thinking maybe it's time for me to switch industries and focus on something else after this very stressful year, what are some of the core skill sets um, from this group that are most marketable? And are, are there, there kind of natural transitions into other industries with, with retail skills that people may have built? I would say that we always believe that retail, at the end of the day, we're, we consider ourselves, as you pointed out, a retail-driven company, right? And that's sort of, not all of our businesses have a retail um, channel, but the Fundamentally, that's sort of how we look at ourselves, brand builders and retailers. And we have a lot of a lot of opportunities, even within our own organization, of people that start their career in retail. And it's the best way to really learn the business, understand, see firsthand what are the opportunities, what are the challenges, what is the consumer thinking, what's working, what's not working. I mean, you're absolutely on the front line. You're living this day in and day out. And this information is really critical for any sort of corporate rules that somebody would one day aspire to have. So I think that what, for us, we, we look for in general, people that have a lot of passion, 
core what they do that really believe in the long-term mission of again building brands and really care about that it's not just about everything we do we want it to be a creative for the future you know we're dealing with brands that have been around in some cases for hundreds of years and you know it's a great honor and privilege but also a responsibility right i mean we want to make sure that these brands people are still buying louis vuitton or they're still drinking Dom Perignon in 100 years from now and and so we need people that have a real passion for that and believe in that believe in that mission i would say uh, and i think important for us people that have the customer sensitivity the customer connection agility because i don't think in any any job nowadays you know, we know you've got to be agile, you've got to be able to pivot. But I would say if you're strong in retail because you have this good clientele and skills, you have the ability to be flexible, you have this energy, this passion. For me, those are very transferable skills and being able to move into certainly corporate roles and roles where you're in corporate sales positions. Maybe it's more wholesale driven or even in human resources. Are you kidding? I mean, when you're in retail, you're dealing with people day in and day out. That is a perfect transition into a human resources position, especially starting, you know, you could start supporting people in the stores, learning and development. I mean, there are lots of areas you could take and migrate from retail into human resources. And I, and I think people should think about that more, to be honest with you, because it's, it's, it's an incredible asset for us in human resources when you've had people that have actually been in the business. And again, we value anybody so much that's been on the retail floor. Um, going into merchandising, I think the roads, the roads to corporate, different types of corporate roles are really open. And we certainly have a lot of those paths. I know many companies have those types of paths. But I think that so much of what you're good at, if you're good at in retail, is that human connection. And again, I go back to my first point. I think today, more than ever, that is, that is becoming one of the key differentiators of success of people. Yeah, I totally agree. Some of my best hires over the years have been people who have spent significant time on, on the retail floor or working in restaurants and dealing with a variety of, of, of people, dealing with problems in the moment. And I, I definitely think if you are, are looking to make a switch and you've been in an industry that has been hit hard in those areas, don't underestimate your skills because I will tell exactly. you best skills that you can develop um, for, for multiple industries and multiple roles. Well, Gina, it's been so great having you on the show today. Where can people learn more about the work that, that, that LVMH is doing? Well, they can certainly visit our website at lvmh.com and lvmhcareers.com is also where all of our brands are posting all different positions, different levels across each of the different businesses. So you can find me on LinkedIn, you can find us on lvmh.com and lvmhcareers.com is, is a great place as well to learn about. And then just even visiting our brands because our brands have their own websites. So if there's a certain brand, if you're really interested in Sephora, you can go to sephora.com or benefitbenefit.com. So lots of different ways for people to inform and learn about each of our different businesses and our group. That is fantastic. Thank you so much for, for taking time to share this with us today. We really appreciate it. And of course, if you'd like more information, you can also follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham, where we post lots of information on career and job search. Plus, we also post the episodes of the show. So please do feel free to join us there. And a big thank you to Dion and Dana, and of course, all of our listeners and followers who come to us on Thursdays at noon to listen to Dr. Don on careers on Sirius XM 132. We will see you next time. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.